What's going on? And welcome into the Pelicans podcast presented by Seekeek. I'm Daniel Salerson alongside you, Mike and Offer from Pelicans.com. Uh, hope everyone is safe during Hurricane Zeta. I know we're doing this podcast on Thursday, but we wanted to give you something to listen to with those that are without power or just wanted something to distract yourself. We are here for you, for you, and there's no better person to have on right now to get your spirits up than former New Orleans Pelican, Ryan Anderson, who joins the show. Ryan, we are so happy to have you on. How are you, my friend? I'm doing amazing. I'm doing great. Life's really good. Um, I'm out here in Houston right now, um, just enjoying family time and, uh, you know, staying indoors. But uh, I miss you guys, man. It's really good to talk to you guys. I'm glad we're doing this right now. It's been too long. And boys, we got a lot of history and we got a lot of great stories. You just shared one that I was never aware of, that we, your first impression. Anyway, but I miss you guys and and, uh, it's good to be here with you guys. We certainly miss you too. Now I'll, I'll tell the story for those that, that don't know, which is no one knows, and I just shared it with you. Um, but at first, I was in Orlando ten years ago as a as an intern, and one I will say I was st- scared to death of Stan Van Gundy at the time, and I'll get to that a little bit later as an intern. But I was driving back home after practice, and I see Ryan Anderson driving to the left of me on the highway. I was like, "Oh, there's Ryan," as he's driving his car with his knees while eating some ice cream, and I was like, "I like this guy already." This guy is going to be my not, favorite player. It's not recommended for anyone to do unless you're six foot ten and can actually reach uh, the steering wheel with your knees. You know, it's it's just there. You know, the steering wheel is is not far from there. So uh, I am pretty handy with my knees. I am fairly coordinated. So, um, uh, but that to me, you know, that's about his. That's a great first impression story. That describes me in a nutshell, too. You know, yeah, just something no. better. I, I, thought it was, I thought it was perfect. I thought it was perfect. Um, before we get into the stand, uh, you talked about your family. How, how are you and the family doing? How are you during the, you know, all this tough time with COVID and everything? How, how are you guys doing? Yeah, I mean, it's been a, a crazy time for everyone. Um, you know, we, we are, we're right now, we're in Houston. We're splitting time between Houston and LA right now. My family's in California, so, um, but we still have a place here in Houston. And, you know, we do enjoy living here, but, uh, you know, we are trying to keep the traveling to a, a minimum, but, uh, um, you know, I can't complain, but it, it, it has been a crazy year. And, you know, my heart goes out to everybody in New Orleans right now, just with this hurricane and, you know, uh, it's just crazy. You know, it's, it's one thing after the next, but, uh, you know, we're blessed and we have an 18 month old who's uh, just running us around the house and he's, he's the best and, um, you know, family's great. So, uh, life's good, but, you know, I'm feeling for New Orleans and that there'll always be, you know, when I first moved to New Orleans, uh, my realtor actually told me like, if you embrace New Orleans, New Orleans will embrace you and there'll always be like a piece of your heart left in New Orleans. And it couldn't be more true for me. I, I love, I love that city. I love the people and, and I love my time there. So anyway, I, I'm feeling for the New Orleans people. I have a lot of friends there and I'm glad you guys are doing well. Jimmy just toughing it out out there, you know, uh, in New Orleans. But uh, um, anyway, uh, everything's good on my end. Good. Good to hear. We definitely miss you here in New Orleans <laughs> as well. Before I, I, I talk, let Jim ask some questions, your initial response when you heard that Stan Van Gundy was going to become the new head coach of the New Orleans Pelicans, what do you think? 
could not be more happy for the whole organization, <clears throat> for the players. Um, I have so much to say about Stan, man. I mean, uh, I'm sure we'll, you'll get into a bunch of questions about him, but my initial, my, my initial response was just uh, happiness for you guys. You know, it's my time in New Orleans. We had a bunch of shifting things. We had players come and go, staff come and go, and um, there was never really this kind of top-to-bottom, well-oiled machine. You know, we were trying to figure things out. Now with Stan, with obviously with the management you have in, in place now and the players you have, it's uh, it's going to be a really exciting future. But Stan is like that perfect piece for you guys, and I'm sure we'll talk a lot more about it. <clears throat> Ryan, that's great to hear uh, that you describe him. Great dog. Jimmy, what's your dog's name? <laughs> Look at this. The dog is just giving a great little cameo here. That's actually Daniel's dog. <laughs> oh, that's right. Yeah, you're right, Daniel's dog. That's right. That's right. You're just, this dog is great. Does the dog have any questions? That's Jim's security that goes around with Jim to make sure that no one gets near him. Hanging out over my shoulder. I love, things I love the dog cameo. Dog's going away now. All right, all right. Um, just a little segue. Sorry. Sorry, Jim. Go on. <laughs> I'm sure you and I would both prefer if I ask a bunch of non-basketball questions, but I'm going to at least start with some basketball stuff. Um, sure. First, Stan, um, you talked about what a fit he is here. For you, what do you, what do you remember? What do you think stands out most about you as, for your career as far as the impact he made on you or, or maybe your development as a player? Um, he – you know, I've, I've talked about this before and, you know, he, he really has made the most impact in my career um, in every aspect, especially just being a pro. I mean, um, you know, when I came to Orlando, they, it was a, you know, championship type organization. You know, a lot of teams say that to win a championship, but they had just gone to the finals and obviously had a great core and, uh, a lot of veterans and, and guys kind of at their peaks like Dwight and Jameer Nelson. And, um, and then when I got traded over there with Vince Carter, it was uh, kind of a dream come true scenario. And then I meet Stan Van Gundy and I'm sitting there like, this guy hates me. You know, he's tearing into me all the time. You know, uh, we're practicing three hours a day. We're shoot, we have a shoot arounds with knee pads on because we're going hard during shoot around. Uh, the, the game has changed a lot. The NBA is a much different league now. and uh, Players would not have that, but Stan kind of obviously has uh, a Miami Heat background, Pat Riley, you know, uh, experience. And that that's how the league was. And um, Stan, Stan will not change for anyone. And um, you know, what I really learned is with Stan, you're not just going to get any foofy compliment unless it's deserved. So I remember I got like the first pat on the back, you know, coming out of a game from Stan and I'm like, Oh wow. I, I did something right there. You know, it, he doesn't, he doesn't deal it out unless it's uh, you prove yourself, you know? So for me, it took me, you know, I, I think that again, the game has changed to where teams actually, will work with guys and develop guys, you know, so they saw me as a player that could develop. So 
you know, Stan the first year and maybe through my second year there, I'm, I'm sitting here like this guy does not like me, you know, but the reality was, is he pushed me harder than anybody because he saw what I could do. And he, he actually really appreciated me. And we built a trust and a respect with each other that I, I don't think I'll ever have with any other coach or um, I'll never have, you know, I, I love not to knock any of my other coaches that I've had, but Stan uh, has this ability to get the best out of you. And he did that for me um, through pushing me and driving me. And, you know, my last year there, my third year there, uh, we had a great team. I started every game. I played 30 plus minutes. He was, he respected and trusted me, but it was developed over time. And um, it taught me how to work. He taught me how to push myself and, and get the most out of myself. You, uh, I'm taking notes <laughs> I'll write down three-hour practices. That's something that I should be ready for. This I don't think that's maybe maybe scale limited to like two and a half hours now. You know, like the, there's all these league mandates, and I mean, uh, you know, coming from uh, the past few years in Houston with a Mike D'Antoni system, where it's like, ah, should we practice it? Ah, it's all right. Nah, let's just go home, or, or you know, let's watch film and go. You know, it's it's a it's a completely different world, but. Um, man, I mean, it's amazing when you're in an environment where everybody's pushing themselves and, and uh, driving each other. You know, you're working hard with with these guys that become your family because you're literal blood, sweat, and tears. Sure. You know, it's not fun going into practice every day, but you leave thinking, man, we we did something today. You know. You you mentioned that. Well, we got some done. <clears throat> You mentioned that. Yeah, what's a question? Yeah, the dog wants to ask a question. It's desperately wanting to Tell your bodyguard to quiet down. Quiet <laughs> down over there. Um, Ryan, you, uh, you, you mentioned, you know, you said that the first year that you, you played for him, you felt like he didn't like you at all. I, I was wondering about, you know, people see, um, it seems like he's always serious. From I don't know him at all, and everything <clears throat> my impression of him is from afar, obviously, but what, what do you think? What, what could you tell people about what he's like as far as does he ever does he kind of ever joke with you guys does what's his demeanor like around the team is he because just from afar it just seems like he's always intense mm -hmm. you know what I mean? all right so advice for you guys uh and anyone uh during basketball related hours <clears throat> which includes some media time i i i think that he lightens up a little bit sometimes in the media, sometimes not. But anything involving basketball, the guy is to the T, the, a basketball mind. You know, he is all in. He's not going to joke. He, it's, let's get this done. I remember, I remember one time during practice, <clears throat> I was being a, a smart ass, whatever. If you, we're allowed to say that, yeah? Yeah, we'll, we'll keep it in there. We'll keep it in there. It's not, that's not that bad. All right. It's a donkey. But anyway, um, and I, I uh, he said, stand on the line, you know, or, or stand on the elbow. Sorry. <clears throat> and we were running through a play. and I'm standing, I'm, you know, I'm being a, the smart A, and I'm, I'm standing about what, a foot, you know, maybe six inches from the line or from the elbow. I'm sorry. And he said, stand on the elbow. And he's yelling at me, stop and practice. And I'm the young guy. I'm trying to be cool. Like, 
But inside, I'm like, oh my gosh, Stan's yelling at me, you know, in front of all these veterans and all this stuff. And he's and I, I like jump and I stand on the thing to make like a point. Okay, I'm standing on the thing. And I remember leaving that day. He, like, what he was trying to teach me was how important it is to be in the right spots to. It not only just, you know, an elbow, whatever, most coaches don't care if you're standing, you're a pro, you know, you're a grown man, you know what I mean? But he taught me, he knew, you know, Richard Lewis or Dwight Howard, but he's not going to yell at him for standing on the elbow, you know, but this is what I'm saying during a, a basketball related, uh, like a practice or a shoot around the details are in his mind are incredible. What he's thinking of, I'm only one guy, you know, there's a full team. How do you notice somebody's not standing exactly on the elbow? But this is the kind of mind he has and details. And But I will say, and I learned this over time because my first year there, especially, I'm thinking this guy hates me. Why would I ever text him or something, you know? But uh, after, after a little bit of time, you know, I would actually start communicating with him a little bit more off the court and, and he's the nicest guy on planet earth who will ride or die with you and he's there for you and he's uh an amazing man and um you know it, the personas are, are 180 you know but you know what you're going to get from stan every day when he, he steps on that court which is great sure um i'm going to clean this up a little bit because we we don't want to have to beep out this but there's a famous clip where he he's got his puddle. He says we need. He's like build this stinking wall. I clean that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Good job. Um, you know, if you look at all the teams that he's coached, it seems like there many of them were in the top ten or, or higher defensively. What do you think is um, are some of the reasons why his teams <clears throat> seem to be so good defensively, as far as what he emphasizes? Details. I think, uh, like I was saying, you know, he's obviously, you know, and, and he knows how to get guys to train their bodies to get to the peak shape. I mean, that is, I did have a few months in Miami and their culture hasn't changed in a lot of years, uh, you know, since Stan was there. So being in shape is, is huge for, for his group. So, um, you know, that obviously helps, you know, when guys are, are uh, locked in and, and they're they're detail oriented, but they're also in great shape and are willing and, and ready to dive on the floor for loose balls or take charges or, you know. Also, what's helped with his groups is he has had dominant centers that uh, really protect the paint. You know, obviously, from my experience was Dwight and, you know, you could say whatever you want defensively about me, guys. You know, I'm not the best, whatever. But I will say, um, you know, I was never worried about a guy driving to the basket against me because I got Dwight behind me to protect me, you know. And, um, you know, he knows how to use big men, but he, he knows how to be, be very detail-oriented and, and get guys ready to go. We never said anything bad about you defensively. <clears throat> I don't know where you, where you got that from. Right. Just behind my back. It's all right. Don't worry <laughs> about it. Not to my face. <laughs> <laughs> Now, one of the things we said about your defense was you loved your three-point shooting. So Yeah, I'm great. I, yeah, I'm, I'm really – you know what's great about me defensively is, um, uh, you know, I, I don't need to run that far because I just run basically from, like, three-point line to three-point line. So 
I, I save a lot of energy, you know, uh, but I just just put me in a position to leak out and shoot threes, and then I'm great, you know. It's like a one trick pony. That's it's what I did for a, I did it's what I did for a lot of years. You, know? <laughs> you perfectly let me know what I was going to ask you last before I go back. The people have talked a lot about how um, some of those Orlando teams that Stan coached were kind of at the <clears throat> edge as far as um, not just like small lineups, but really they were one of the first teams that started to take a ton of threes. How much did you like the freedom? It seemed like you guys had a lot of freedom to be able to take threes when at that point, you know, nine, 10 years ago, it wasn't necessarily um, across the board in the NBA, the way it is now where people everywhere are taking teams are taking 30 something threes all, all the time. Yes. Stan was really the first coach to implement that for me. I mean, I, when I came into the league, I sort of got developed into this. It was sort of starting to become a thing when I got into the, the NBA to have like a pick and pop shooting four. Mm-hmm. But I was I was mostly working in the corners. I remember I always just shot corner threes in, in New Jersey my first year. Stan really implemented that like, you know, let's spread the court as far as we can. It, it's it. He made that very natural for us. And obviously I had uh, Richard Lewis, who's a guy that played small forward a lot, but then kind of developed into this, you know, power forward, uh, sort of a smaller power forward, which now it's like, what's, what's even a center now, you know, but, but, uh, you know, at the time having a agile shooting four was like, what is this? So, um, but we created so much space around Dwight and he was the first coach that just got pissed off if you didn't shoot, you know, um, and that became sort of the rest of, you know, that started sort of my career and, and what the game was going to be for me going ahead. You know, every coach I had after him was pissed off if I didn't shoot the ball, you know. So um, but that system really was catered to Dwight. It started around Dwight because of Dwight, you know, <clears throat> he was a dog. Yeah, don't worry about it. Um, it's a. Uh, <laughs> No, I, uh, I, you know, that group, what we had with that team was so special and we were very unique, but it is amazing. I mean, you know, there's a lot of regrets, you know, I've talked to so many guys in that Orlando era, you know, there's a lot of wishing that group stayed together and you know, imagine, imagine the guys that played for, you know, Marching Gortat was on that team. He played a long time. Great, great backup, great starting center. Obviously, JJ, you know, JJ is still playing at a high clip right now. I mean, you know, Jameer played for a lot longer. You know, I was around for a little while. So, um, you know, you kind of wonder what that team could have been if we kept that group together. But um, we, we, we sort of were cutting edge. And then a lot of teams started to develop differently. And uh, yeah, the league, the league is what it is now because of Golden States and stuff, but we sort of started that big three-point shooting trend. Ryan, I can't afford Zoom Pro, so it says I have eight minutes here until this recording's going to stop. And Come so, on, Pelicans! Give the guy some more cash! <laughs> Pelicans! You, you heard the man. You heard the man. So I'm going I'm to ask you one more question here before Zoom allows uh, shuts this thing down. Um, you talked about the impact that, that Stan had on you um, as a younger player getting into this league. 
Pelicans have eight players as of now that are 25 and under. How much of a benefit is he going to be for a Zion Williamson who just turned 21, a Jackson Hayes who was fresh out of college, Nikhil Alexander-Walker? I mean, Brandon Ingram, who is still 22 years old and one most approved player. Um, you talk about development, and, and J.J. says the same thing about how Stan really helped him begin his career. How beneficial is he going to be some of those young guys who are just kind of learning the ropes here in the league? Um, again, the league has changed with young players. I'm not discrediting your young players. I don't know them personally. If they're willing to let him do his job and he deserves that respect, you know, they're going to, he can make those, some of those guys, all-stars and some of the best players in the NBA, obviously Zion, you know, Brandon Ingram's, you know, great player. You guys have a lot of talent. So, um, you know, it's, it's really them willing to work and, and letting him take them to the next level and get on them. You know, uh, this is a league where that's not very normal and it's not appreciated like it used to be. You know, if I, it used to be you're the young guy and you're going to get, you're kind of the whipping boy. You're the guy that's, you know, coach is going to get on and develop and, and grow. And uh, now is an era of just, you one guys on one team for one year and then you never know if he's going to be back. So my recommendation, if they, if, you know, if I said anything to these young players is, you know, let him, let him do his job because he's one of the best coaches in the NBA and uh, let him push you and work and you will reap the benefit of it. And, and you guys are, you know, Pelicans are going to have a great bright future. Um, so I'm just I'm excited to see that because I do know a bit of the personalities of the guys you're talking about. And you have a bunch of young, great guys that are wanting to work and win. So uh, I'm really excited about it. I'm excited to see, see what happens. Well, I hope fans got excited for based on how you describe Stan and on how uh, lucky we are that we have Stan now as our coach at the Pelicans. Um, Ryan, I really appreciate the time. I have about five minutes, but just in case, you know, I'm just going to be safe here. Let's get the, the podcast recorded. Um, let it be. Um, Ryan, I uh, hope you and your family stay safe. I really enjoy this. Hopefully we can have you on and hopefully see you soon. Hope all is well, my friend. Absolutely, guys. I'd love to see you guys soon. I'll make a trip out to New Orleans. I'm not too far from you. Hey, we'll go get so an ice cream cone. Yeah, let's go and drive around with our knees. It'd be yeah, great. you can show not me how to do it. Hurricane. I'm five foot nine, so I don't think I can do it, but you can maybe show me the ropes. I definitely you know, what, <laughs> you know what's in New Orleans way? What we need to do is we'll go drive through Daiquiri and we'll really look uh, super safe with our daiquiris in hand and just knees. It'll be yeah. perfect. Driving around New Orleans, maybe get some rain going to add to the danger factor. That, I love New Orleans. And we'll do yeah, a podcast. I, I, let's do it indoor. We'll do it like the carpool karaoke. Yeah. Indoors with. It's amazing to me that there's the drive-through daiquiris, guys. It's amazing. It, New Orleans <laughs> is the best. It really is. It's just well, like Very who few. thought of that idea? Who thought of that idea? You know, the most brilliant just, man or woman in the world. <laughs> it's, it's just great. It's great. But uh, I miss you guys. I miss the food. I miss the people. Uh, you know, this is a great time, guys. All right. You guys well, we are the best. You're the best, Ryan. We appreciate yeah. it. Stay safe, my friend. All right, boys. You too.
There he goes. That's Ryan Anderson, a, a great podcaster for this Thursday. I know a lot of people are going through a tough time right now with Hurricane Zeta and trying to get power. So we hope that kind of helped you uh, fill some time of your day if you're without power. Hopefully he comes back soon. Um, Jim, it, Ryan's such a, a great guy um, from our years here in New Orleans and my time with him in Orlando just for one year. Um, but he had a lot of great things about Stan Van Gundy. And I think it gets me even more excited uh, to know what type of coach the Pelicans are getting um, especially with such a young team, as he mentioned. Yeah, it was a great perspective. I mean, I know over his time in New Orleans, a lot of people did get to meet Ryan because he's such a personable guy. But for the people who didn't, the fans out there, I mean, he's he's definitely one of the best people that we've had on the team over the years I've been here. And just a normal guy. Like, you know, when you meet him, you don't think of big basketball star, you know, somebody who's on TV all the time and gets has a ton of attention. He's really grounded and a pretty humble dude. But as far as what he said about uh, Stan Van Gundy, um, it was interesting just to hear some of the stuff about how disciplined he, he has his co his teams be and his attitude. I, I think it was very helpful, I think, to me to realize that when, when we're around him, we need to be all business as far as practices and games and so on and so forth. It sounds like he's one of those people that when he gets into all business mode, he, he kind of clicks in and says like, okay, here, I'm here to get a get the job done. And I think um, that's going to be very helpful for this team. It, it's not like this roster, the players that we have on the Pelicans are guys that easily get distracted or that kind of thing. But I, I do think that um, just, you know, having, having uh, maybe more focus might help as far as um, it's a long season. And I think this year is going to bring its own, set of challenges that we'll talk about down the road as far as what the schedule is going to be like. But, um, but it, it'll, it, it'll be really interesting just to see the impact that, that Van Gundy is going to have on this roster with the composition of talent and youth that, that is present right now. Yeah. So as far as um, we were all really excited to see how this goes and you're right. I mean, when we find out when the season's going to start is really going to kind of change our perspective on things and um, it should show as far as Stan Van Gundy's preparation, he talked about it in his press conference, how he was already watching, already watching film on this team. Um, look, we had him on three months ago and he already knew so much about this team when he was calling the Pelicans versus the jazz in the first restart game. So, you know, he's going to be ready to go. And he said, no excuses back to backs whether we play in tomorrow or we play next month, we'll be ready to go. So um, we'll, we're going to have more. We're going to talk to some other former players and talk about how Stan Van Gundy impacted their career, including I think we're going to catch up with Jameer Nelson next week, efforting to get JJ as well, of course, who is on the team right now. But um, obviously the schedule's kind of turned a little bit as far as the podcast. We were scheduled to get Ryan yesterday, but with the hurricane, we wanted to make sure that we all were staying safe and, and getting ready for that. So with the podcast being posted today, our goal is to have our draft preview continue tomorrow. We're going to combine the Charlotte Hornets and Chicago Bulls into one podcast. We've already spoke to Rick Bonnell, the Charlotte Observer, and Casey Johnson, an NBA insider, Chicago Bulls insider for NBC Sports there in Chicago. We're going to combine them for one podcast on Friday and then kind of reset for next week as we'll go get in touch with someone from the Atlanta Hawks and the Cleveland Cavaliers. And again, we'll have more about the hiring of Stan Van Gunny, but we these stories happening because we love hearing all these stories about Stan and his development of players. And all we've had is positive feedback from the hiring. Um, I know Jim's gotten texts. I've gotten texts from some of my Orlando friends. So we want to keep this going and we hope you really enjoyed the podcast today with Ryan. I hope again, everyone stays safe during this time with Zeta, also COVID, wear your mask, keep social distance. 
Um, but I hope this kind of took a little break from what's happening during the day. And, um, and hopefully you all are doing okay. Until tomorrow, for Jim, I'm Daniel. Thanks for listening to the Pelican Podcast presented by Seeky.